following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Death by NCAA bracket. Ooh, it's been murder this year. I I normally, if I get in anything, it's I know it's a donation. Like I get that, but it's this one's rough, and especially from someone coming like you, and you say it's the it's the roughest picking that you have ever had that you can remember. Then you know that stuff's. I didn't even know St. Peter's was a school. I didn't. Yeah. I I had no idea. Like I just went down the matchups. And I just saw Kentucky as the two, and I just put Kentucky. I couldn't even told you who they were playing. Sure, at sure. the time that, that, that I picked them because it didn't matter. No, it didn't matter. And then all of a sudden we're out, we're out to eat, and it's like, yeah, how about that St. Peter's school? I'm like, who? Oh yeah, them that single handedly ruined Beggs's bracket in one game because his national championship champion Ouch. was gone. That hurts. Yep, that hurts. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to check with the Elias Sports Bureau, but I think this is the first time I've ever been sub-500 on the first day wow. of the tournament. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've ever been... I don't think I've ever been below 500 the first weekend of the tournament. But I went... Yeah, I, I was 7-9 and nine day one. That's saying something. Yeah. That was rough. Yikes. And I felt like I... I you know, it, it was just... I made decent picks, but the upsets that I picked just didn't quite happen mm-hmm. and then the ones that I didn't pick they all happened. So, yeah. Well, that's that's the fun of this oh, yeah. and what yeah. happens and why it's just one of the best sporting events that you can ever hope to watch or be a part of. You went there. Mm-hmm. Um you got a chance to go over to Milwaukee and and even um I guess I heard from a couple people that if the Badgers had won, they were going to plan to go down to Chicago to watch them because I mean that's that's two very drivable venues for a lot of people that want to watch the Badgers. Yeah, for um, sure. So, all right, so you went for for the uh for the first round games over there, you saw a session? Yeah, saw the uh early session on Friday. Okay. Uh so saw Purdue beat Yale in a in a pretty entertaining game. I mean, Purdue's a good a good team to watch. Jaden Ivey's a a fun player to see in person. And then the second game, not as great of a game. Texas uh beat Virginia Tech. Um, kind of a rock fight, but, uh, <laughs> it, you know, still a lot of fun to go to that. Appreciate, uh, my buddy Chauncey, uh, uh, giving me the opportunity to go with him. Loyal listener. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it was fun, man. We got to, uh, bump into our buddy Joe and, mm-hmm. and his son, Brett. And, um, so a lot of people go to the, go to yeah, the session. I didn't really see many, uh, really anybody that I knew, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, we had a we had a good time. You know, there's no bad seat in the house at the Fiserv, mm-hmm. and you know, it was it was interesting too because I would say seventy percent of the arena was full for, really? for that session, seventy to seventy five percent, and it was reportedly sold out. And then of the seventy five percent of the arena that was there, I would say eighty percent of them had on. Badger, Badger gear, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a lot, a lot of people walking around there with their Badger gear on. That's good. Well, and it was interesting because the way it's set up, these games run so long now. There really is no chance to boot everybody out. 
and and then bring in the people for the second session. So what they ended up doing was you had to go down and get a bracelet. It was like like you were at Noah's Ark or at a or at, <laughs> or at a bar, you know, like people walking around with a pink bracelet. It meant they got to stay for the right. later session. I mean, you know, you I don't know if they were going to come around and kick you out if you didn't have it, but. It's like going exiting a movie and then going into the theater next to you for the next right. one. They don't know you're the yeah. Nobody's I, keeping track, but it, probably. But it was it was interesting and uh, but a lot a lot of Badger fans uh, there Friday afternoon. All but right. a good time, well, very no, cool, no doubt, very cool. All right, so uh, we got we'll talk about the NCAA tournament and the end of the Badger season. Obviously, uh, in this episode, we will of course lead with the NFL because things have been crazy the last couple of weeks with. Um, free agency, a lot of quarterback movement this offseason. I feel mm-hmm. like more than than any other year that in the previous probably decade, I feel like, in the offseason. Um, so we'll touch on that. You'll run down some NBA stuff. We'll do brackets and college hoops, baseball, um, and then we'll wrap up with the uh, with the little high school stuff now that we are officially on a break. Yeah. Um, until Season's over. Until next season. We are, we are donezo. Um, you made the remark before we started taping that it feels like Devontae Adams got traded about uh, a couple of months ago. Yeah. And that's, I mean, in reality, it was just last, was it last Sunday, I think? Heading into Monday, I thought that's... I think that sounds right. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that what it was? I thought I saw it because I, I knew I would have something to talk about. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> he apparently got pissed that they were just going to offer him the franchise tag. And it's weird, and I don't know how much to believe. I've, I mean, I've read a fair amount of stuff, but the fact that he, the Packers reportedly offered him the amount of money that the Raiders had offered him, but he still said no to staying. And I guess I don't understand why? Yeah, I don't know if I I don't know that I necessarily believe that's what I, the right. numbers because just like what we talked about right. last What's, week, what yeah, is the, what? the the reported number might have been the same, but how were the how was it set up for him to be paid? We right. don't know, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I I think that the um, I think the Rogers contract had a lot to do with it. I think that pissed him off too. Um, Which is weird because he... Well, not really. No, but I mean just the fact that then if he knew that Adams was mad, and I'm, I'm referring to Rodgers, and he knew that that relationship was severed, and Devontae said, hey, man, I'm going to have to move on, and Rodgers basically gave him the, hey, got to do what you got to do. I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to try to win. Yep. And the fact that he still signed that deal knowing that there was either a really good chance or a guarantee that his number one guy was going to be gone... And then you're left with what? Maybe Randall Cobb at the time because they weren't under the salary cap at the time. Maybe he figured that Cobb would take a pay cut to stay with the team, but, you know, he's hurt. You know, Valdez Scanling's a free agent. Tanyan hadn't been re-signed yet, and even then he's coming off a blown knee. I mean, it's like when you're Rodgers and your number and your dude is gone and you look at what you're coming back to, the fact that he signed that and went through, I mean, does it say that he's more committed to the team and he really wants to see this through and it's about his legacy, or is it purely financially motivated or is it somewhere in between? Yeah, who knows? I mean, and I think that's where if I'm Devontae Adams, I'm a little upset at Rodgers. I'm definitely upset at the Packers because I feel disrespected because 
if if I'm if I'm Devontae Adams and I've already said multiple times I think I'm the best receiver in the league, and let's just say for argument's sake, you're top two, you and Cooper Cup, let's say. Well, how much credit do I get for my quarterback winning the last two MVPs? Because who else? All, all you people say is that he dials in and throws to me all the time. Well, then I guess I made his MVPs, right? But you want to pay me like a second-class citizen while giving him NBA-level money, and he's willing to take that money knowing that you're going to claim that there's not enough money to pay me what I'm worth. Why doesn't he maybe, you know, three years 150 he takes? Why, why not three years 130? Why not three years 135? You aren't apparently willing to give anything up. Right. No. So why am I expected to? Mm-hmm. This is my one chance really to get paid. Probably. You know, probably. I mean, who knows what the future of football looks like with guys and how long they end up playing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, as a receiver, you, your options to get that big deal are limited where a quarterback can get it three, four times. I mean, again, as as the the resident Packer fan that has a brain and, and, and uses it, I can see reasons for both sides of why these sides did what they did. Um, everything that you just said about Adams, deservedly so, that's fine. Yeah. Um, Green Bay is probably looking at it like, well, we have several players now paid at their top positions. Can we afford another and not go into rebuild mode while still trying to keep this team competitive? That might have just been the straw that broke him. I mean, the fact that what happened happened, and now that Green Bay has re-signed the guys that they have, and now they added another defensive tackle, who I I haven't heard of, but apparently he's very well-respected and and does a very good job. Um, And and the capital that you got in return, to me it makes it a no-brainer for the Packers, and given the fact that, you know what, what have we won with you? It's you know, it's kind of like the Rodgers thing. It's like, well, we got this far, but what what have what have we done with you? Can can we do it without you? They clearly thought that that was the case in what they got back, and the fact that when he was out of the lineup, Lafleur hadn't lost a game. I'm a little concerned about who's going to be catching the ball now because even. With Tunyon back in the fold, you kind of got to bring Valdez Scanling back. And even if you draft a receiver and maybe use your capital to jump up to grab an Alave, who I've I've saw is like the most pro ready guy and can add some stuff, and maybe could be like a Justin Jefferson for the you know for for the Vikings, which you know I think that's more of like a unicorn every few years. But um, I don't know. It's just a little disconcerting that they are that confident with the guys that they have to still be able to, you know, compete on a passing level, I guess, within their offense. I don't know. Like, like I said, I see both sides. I'm glad they got what they got and the, and the freedom that it gave them to sign the guys that they did. And I don't think given what they have, you could have paid them that amount of money. I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't think it was good financial sense for the team. I just don't. Well, it brings up a couple things. Um, and I don't know if this first one has been talked about. And we talked a little bit about this last year when the season ended. It makes the Aaron Jones signing a little more of a head scratcher because you drafted Dylan. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but you decided to pay Aaron Jones top-level running back yeah. money knowing that it, Devontae Adams was coming up. Running backs kind of grow on trees in the NFL. I, I'm a, that That's an interesting move in when you look at it now, and they had to know this was going to come up. I'm sure they believed they were going to be able to franchise tag him, and he was going to accept that. But I can't imagine he had given or his people had given any indication that he would accept that. I like the Jones signing better now because of what I've seen him add to that offense. I think he's going to be counted on more so doing other things with Dylan still toting the rock more so. Yeah, we'll see. Because he Jones has proven he's really good at catching the football. Um, and Rodgers has a good relationship with him down the field as well. So but I'm, you, but you, now I'm more comfortable yeah. with him there as well. But you've now gone from being the second guy on the scouting report to the first guy on the scouting report. Yeah. We'll see. So be it. Um, you know, as far as what they got back, draft compensation in the NFL makes zero sense. It, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, you get two first-round picks for Russell Wilson. You get, like, 100 for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> right. like, okay. Yes. So I, I don't understand that. Well, that's just how much you can fleece the other team that you're working with. The Packers are not better today than they were at the end of last year. We'll agree with that. They're not a, an NFC title contender, in my opinion, um, without Devontae Adams um, because now Aaron Rodgers has to basically do everything, even more so than he already has, when he already lost his favorite target, and you got a lot of questions elsewhere on that roster. And the I think what this shows is what they hired LeFleur for, though, all along. They want to transition into a running team, in my opinion. Because of Rodgers' age and the fact that it's he can do it in the regular season, but he obviously he can't do it in the playoffs. It's hard to ask him at this age to carry the team. And I think if you get rid of Adams and don't pay him, now you've got some money maybe you can use elsewhere. Maybe you beef up your defense, which has been a problem in recent years. Not as much last year, but in recent years. And you transition into a running team with Jones and Dillon. you got a great old line You take pressure off your quarterback. He gets less hits. And then if you can keep these games close at the end of the game in the last four or five minutes, you still got Aaron Rodgers. So Matt LaFleur coming from where he came from. He came from Tennessee, coming from the McVay tree. They run the ball. That's that offense. And I think that's where we're going to see the Packers going in the next couple years is transition. I don't think the, I think the days of Rodgers throwing 40 to 45 times are over, unless they're way behind, you know. Um, I think – they would much rather him throw the ball 28 to 32 times. You could even see it in his numbers the last two seasons. Yeah, they've they, gone down. They were not gaudy yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. They were efficient, but yep. they were not gaudy. And I think in a perfect world with a healthy Jones and a healthy Dylan, and you get Bakhtiari back and you got your line in place and you've got your defense set up, you got your corners healthy again like you had at the beginning of last year, trying to win games 24 to 14 is going to be more the norm than 38 to 28. I I just think that the personnel and the coach is going to dictate that. And I think that's probably what the franchise was thinking. Who do you think now is better in the NFC than Green Bay? Well, Tampa, 100%. Who who have they slid behind other than that? Because I I still think they're one of the top 
four teams okay. probably there. But they're not I don't think they're beat they couldn't beat Tampa in the Rams with Devontae Adams and home field advantage. I don't know why you would expect them to do it now. I think Minnesota will be better and will contend for the, the division this year because I think the Packers will slip back. I mean they're not gonna go fourteen and three. I think what, twelve and five, eleven and six more likely. Okay. Um and I think Minnesota, I mean they were a fucking disaster last year, and they still won like seven games. Mm-hmm. They blew six of them. So you got to figure that the law of averages will even that out. They'll be better. Um, San Francisco, I don't think, is going anywhere. They certainly can't beat them in a game that matters. So, you know, you still got Rodgers, so you still, quote, unquote, have a chance. Mm-hmm. But I think that the window, I think the window on that little run is shut. Okay. Well, then all the more reason to, Get rid of Adams and, well, I think, and, and, I think, and get what you can. I think he slammed the door, though. Okay. I think he slammed the door, at least for this year. Maybe you maybe you draft a couple of receivers this year, and, and they become, in their second or third year, still maybe one of them becomes a star. But, yeah, like you said with Justin Jefferson, a rookie wide receiver walk or Jamar Chase, like yeah. that's really fluky. And if mm-hmm. Jamar Chase goes to the Dolphins – and, and Jalen Waddle goes to the Bengals. That's not happening. Neither one of them yeah. probably have that kind of year. I think the Burrow Chase thing was kind of an anomaly, but I don't know that they've gotten weaker in a bunch of different areas. They definitely got weaker at receiver. They got thinner. Tight end seems like a little bit of a mess, but I mean the offensive line should still be good, even though they they jettisoned Billy Turner, Lucas Patrick left to go to the Bears. Um, the defensive line is still good. The linebackers, even with Zadarius Smith, I think they like Rashawn Gary. They re up Preston. They re signed Devondre Campbell, who was an All Pro last year. Like you said, the secondary, your corners are now good with Stokes Alexander, who I they they keep talking that they're working on a contract extension for him next. And now you have Douglas back in the fold, and your safeties are still good. So it's like, yeah, the defense should be pretty good on paper. It's I mean, a it's a good solid defense. But but again, who is he throwing the ball to? Right. Well, and and that, I have no idea. And that's why I just think that it it all signs are pointing to this evolving into more of a run first offense than a pass first okay. offense, which is what pretty much what they've been for the last. Twenty five years, well, with, and that's probably you know? what the what the drafting of Dylan started yeah, to signal. I think so. So, because a lot of people were kind of like, "God, you got Aaron Jones. He just had a monster year, and, and you're going to draft the him. Right? That's exactly. weird. Yeah, but um, your Bears did some stuff, and they didn't do some stuff. Um, the, I oh, mean, notwithstanding the Bengals being in the Super Bowl this past year, but like, if there was ever a, a and it's not even really a transaction between these two teams, but if ever there were two teams that were going to have a player going from one to the other and it turned into a shit show, it's the Bears and the Bengals. <laughs> Maybe you throw the Browns in there for good measure, sure. but Jesus. You sign this Ogan Joby guy and he can't even pass his freaking physical? I didn't know that he was hurt, and, and they don't tell you what part of the physical failed, but he had foot surgery after the playoff game. Maybe that is not all the way healed, and they were scared of that, and so they fail. I, I I have no idea. So they end up signing a lesser player for a lesser contract in Justin Jones, which, you know, again, I don't think this is a team that's trying to necessarily contend next year, so okay. Um, they lose Allen Robinson to the Rams. I think Allen Robinson on the Rams is going to be unbelievable. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah, I think playing with Stafford and in that offense in the Robert Woods role, I think he's going to be really good. Stafford's going to retire a Ram now. He got paid. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, 
Bear signed Byron Pringle, who was like a fourth or fifth receiver for the Chiefs. I don't even know who and then was. they got your boy, uh, uh, equal sign St. Brown. <laughs> and uh, I'm really excited about that. That's that's really sure. exciting. But, but he was one of those three guys that didn't really pan out. You know? Well, everybody needs special teamers, so maybe they can sign him to do that. Especially the Packers. And, and they did get an offensive lineman. Patrick went oh, yep. to the Bears. Yep. I mean, that's a good signing right there. And speaking of offensive line, and, and, and you mentioned the Bengals, good for that franchise, yep. that GM. They were the one of the worst offensive lines, and they got to the Super Bowl, and then they realized they probably knew ahead of time, but it's like, we need to do something about it. They picked up three starters already in this offseason. Yeah. That's impressive. That's very impressive. We know what the problem is, and we're going to do something about it. Well, we got a gem at quarterback that's going to be there for hopefully – 12 to 15 years. But just the fact that somebody's smart enough to actually realize it and Mm -hmm. do something about that, like, I mean, they didn't just be like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll take care of that and sign maybe a guy and draft a guy. Like, they went out and spent money for three bona fide starters. Mm -hmm. I love that. I do, too. That's awesome. For sure. Um, But, yeah, I I don't really think there's anything else with the Bears. You know, just a a couple of low-level signings. and um, that's We're now into the kind of the second tier. All the big money's been spent, you know. Well, and and I think for both the Packers and the Bears this year, the draft is going to be more interesting than than ever. Um, you know, because the Bears with this new regime and a potential franchise quarterback, yeah, lowercase p and potential. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but we'll I, I'll be interested to see how they draft, what direction they go. Um, hopefully, they go O line first. Um, and then, you know, maybe get him a, a receiver at some point, Fields, that is. but And same thing with the Packers. I mean, you know, if there's – do they reach and go up and, and try to package some stuff up to get a number one receiver, or do they kind of take what's left? And Well, and here's knows? the thing, too. There's still a lot of decent veterans who are on the back end of their career who you can, you can sign. Like, didn't the Packers sign, like, Tavon Austin or something, and he never really mm. did anything? But, I mean, like, I think – did Smith Schuster sign with anybody? Yeah, he did. Okay, he did. So he's off there. I think Cole Beasley. If you want to mess with that, I mean, there's like Deshaun Jackson, Julio there, Jones. There's, yeah, I mean, like there's a lot of guys who won't break the bank. They're, that, they're, that if nobody wants to touch, you could still bring old, in to kind of help. They're old and brittle. Yep. I mean, like you know, Julio Jones probably a Hall of Fame wide receiver, but it's like he's not a number one or two The dude hasn't played more than like eight games in four years. But it's like if you have some draft guys and you know you want them to learn, you could sign this guy for a couple bucks and just bring him in and at least bolster that. And, yeah, like you said, you can only count on him for half a dozen games, eight to ten, whatever. Mm -hmm. But at least it's something and somebody who has an idea of how a professional offense is supposed to work. I mean, don't don't rule that out on either of these teams either. Oh, I hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. But I mean, the, we mentioned the at the start the the quarterbacks mm-hmm. moving around the league have been ridiculous. Um, just the fact that that the Watson thing for three first round, I felt like I was watching Kevin Costner in draft day, mm-hmm. just giving all the way all the number one picks away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess Cleveland must feel pretty confident in the roster that they have um, and feel like they're a quarterback away from, from – but this this whole Watson thing, man, I, is he going to get suspended? Like, I know he's not going to go – I know he's not going to go to jail anymore because that whatever, you know, 
suit got dismissed, at least legally. May, still, there might be something civilly that he has to go through. He's still getting civilly sued yeah. by all these women. But as far as the NFL goes, are they going to suspend him? Because if, you know, the yeah. allegations, I, mean, hasn't I, I, don't, put, I don't know. Hasn't Goodell put people on some sort of a list like he did with Adrian Peterson or something yeah. like that? yeah. Could he do that for an Probably. indefinite amount of time, and it's just up to him when he feels that that is, and that's why they won't shop Baker Mayfield now because they know they might still well, need him. And there's gonna be problems with the fan base. Oh yeah, of because course. that's just the world we live in in 2022. Like I'm, I, I've said all along, don't know what he did. Not really that concerned about it. It's not my area, my team, my fan base. You know, hopefully that never happens to anybody, but the women and the men who like to get on the good side of women in some of these things will be very vocal about Deshaun Watson um, coming I, coming to Cleveland. I can't imagine that they will be prepared for what gets thrown at them. I've never been one to join the torch and pitchfork no, mob. No, that's... That that was my roundabout way of saying that, I guess. I know a lot of people that do, and it doesn't matter what. They are like, like to, yeah, some people just like to do that stuff. They're like the yeah. cause heads in PCU. Yes. What's it this week? Yes. Last week it was this, this week it was this. I, that's not who I am. Mm-mm. I don't go to champion certain causes and, you know, do and pick up Listen, the fight the good fight or nobody whatever. Nobody was going to go to Eagles games when they signed Mike Vick, and guess what? They sold out the stadium. And did people stand outside and, and protest and complain? Yeah, they did. But they move. everybody just moved on. And there are people that will never like Mike Vick and are mad that he's on Fox on Sundays, and that's your right. That would be my mother. Yep. Who, who's an sure. animal person. And I am he, a dog person and myself. He is, he is and, now unforgivable. But, you know, people do dumb shit. And, uh, you know, he served his time. So, I don't know. I, the Watson, so gonna, the uh, Watson thing is... is you know, and he's good. And, and then they gave him a ton. Not only did they, yeah, they, they gave him a ton of money, dude. <laughs> like two, like two thirty, I think, or something like five, that. Five years. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Guarant like a bunch of it, most of it guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand that because for a guy who hasn't played one year and now all of us expected just to jump back into it and be good. Well, what are we? But we're acting like he's done something. Nice player. Don't get me wrong. Has he won a playoff game? I don't think so. I don't think the Texans have ever won one, have they? And he's no. been their quarterback the last two or three times they were in it. He hasn't won anything. Um, so I, you know, how did how the, much better? And it's like what we talked about. I can't remember who we were talking about it with last week, but it's like, how many more wins is he worth than Baker Mayfield? Right. Two, how four? Did, how did the Mayfield thing fall apart so quickly? I mean, it feels like. I just don't think people. I think he's just dislikable. I think yeah, he rubs people the wrong way. I think he's just got one of those personalities where he's got a he's got a serious Napoleon complex. He was overlooked. He had to walk on twice. You know, he ends up winning the Heisman. Nobody believes in him. He's the first pick overall. Nobody believes in him. I mean, he's. I think he's just perpetually been, you know, underevaluated in his own mind that he just thinks everybody in the world is against him all the time. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like anybody that's interacted with him has a lot of great things to say, especially after they leave him. So are they going to try and recoup some of that capital by getting rid of him? Like I have, they they just. Well, he demanded a trade. I know, but like days before the Watson thing, they're like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. I don't don't know. But then they traded for Watson. Has that stance changed? Well, there, 
if is you Mayfield, don't know, is he still on a rookie deal? I think he is, right? Probably yeah, the last year, maybe. Probably fourth year. Yeah. I would say, so maybe they're not paying him a lot. Maybe they, maybe they're like, screw it. We'll just keep you for insurance for right now. Right, like, because like you, you said. don't know what's happening. But, yeah. But okay. there's got to be a few teams that are going to look into him. I, there, I, you know. You look around the league, and it's like you've either got an established guy or a guy you're waiting to see if they're any good, or you got a guy in your bench who you're waiting for somebody in front of them to get out of the way so they can play. So where's he going to go? The number one place for me is the Giants um, because Daniel Jones is not the guy. and They were just reported to sign Trubisky, and that didn't happen. That didn't happen. So like they, they kind of need somebody to come in there with a little bit of cachet, but... Boy, Baker Mayfield in New York with that media. Ooh, I don't know. I mean, it could be entertaining. No, I kind of want to see it. could be very entertaining, you know? but I'm not sure that's a recipe for winning football games. Um, Matt Ryan, that this happened last night. He's going to the Colts after 14 years uh, in, good for him. in Atlanta. That's what I think. I, I, that's great. I mean, but I mean, the fact that Indy just shipped Wentz, like, oh my God, we need a quarterback. Oh, we'll take him. Like, I... It, Makes a lot of money. It's just weird taking on a lot of money. You know? Oh God! I saw his dead cap hit for it for Atlanta. It's like, oh my God! Yeah, like they're almost splitting it evenly down the line for how much it's going to cost each team. Yeah, it, it seemed like kind of like a make good for Atlanta. Like, listen, we appreciate it. We we know we're not going to compete. Here you go. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, like like kind of like with Cleveland, Indianapolis must believe that their roster is good enough to contend. They just need to fix the quarterback position because. You know, they should have made the playoffs last year, and they gagged on the stretch. Um, kind of the same thing with, with Cleveland, and it was very much quarterback-related. So, um, you know, Matt Ryan, I think he's 37, 36. So he's up there, and he's not anywhere in caliber of the athlete that Rodgers is. So I don't know how much he's got left, but... Um, does I don't it, know. It's worth it, the gamble, I suppose. Does Atlanta have somebody waiting in the wings? Or is Mariota just going to be the dude for two years? It was Mariota they just signed. There's a guy down there I've never heard of. And, you know, maybe they draft somebody. I don't know. Okay. But it sounds like they may be they may be doing a, a punt on the next season. So I mean, Yeah, Mariota, it's like, okay, well, we got him. And everybody's probably like, yay, okay. Well, they got to read Mariota's one of those guys that's just good enough to where you go, oh, that guy could maybe start. But then when he's your quarterback, you're like, oh, God, we got Mariota. It's like, remember, Tyrod Taylor was kind of that way, where it's like, oh, Tyrod, not a bad guy to have. But then all of a sudden you're 0-4 when he's starting your four (laughs) games because you scored 10 points a game or whatever. Um I think that's probably it for quarterback. And the only other major thing was they paid Tampa paid Godwin a lot of money coming off a knee injury. Mm-hmm. It was three years, and I don't know how many millions or whatever. I don't even know if he's going to start training camp. He's only like twenty five. He's he's a young guy, so we'll we'll see. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Is an ACL a big deal anymore? I mean, if you ask Packer fans, it was. Because they expected Bakhtiari back, and then he was back, and then he yeah, wasn't. but he weighs three hundred pounds. I know that that well, yeah, but this guy's got to run a you know a, a, a what however fast they run forty know. nowadays. Like you, you got to get him back to like lightning can, speed. I feel like they can grow those things in a lab now, though. I mean, when Adrian Peterson missed like three weeks with one, and I mean Cam Akers tore his Achilles in at the beginning of the season and was back at the end of the season. That to me, that's be, insane. That to me would be worse. That's crazy. I, that, that's what I think. But yeah. All right. Well, there's a good half hour of NFL yeah. stuff in the offseason. 
Uh, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. Draft, I think, is a m- about a month away. So we got another four or five weeks, to, and it's it's definitely draft season for me. I'm going to start looking at all this. When stuff. is the draft? I think it's mid-April or late? 24th or okay. 25th or maybe the 28th, I think. But it's Where is it this year? I don't know. But the first round is the night of the second Craig Parker baseball game. Mm, that sucks. Yes, you, it yeah. does. Yeah, you'll be doing that one? Yeah. Even in April? Well, maybe you'll get a rain oh. out. That'd be fine. I don't. That'd be fine with me. I'd. I'd rather watch them. Hopefully, we can. I'll just say either one of you. I don't care. Ten run. The other ones can. Just I have get. bear run down. And turn the sprinklers on. <laughs> That's perfect. Rain delay. Just yeah. like a oh, boulder. Hang on. We'll be back in an hour. That's fine. Um, Bucks are playing tonight against the Bulls. Um, I'll let you take it away from here. I didn't realize, like we had talked about last week, I didn't realize that the Timberwolves were really good. Giannis sat out that game. Um, I know, and they. They they played the Kings as well, and like that's what twelve in a row, I think, against Sacramento in that series, mm-hmm. and then they go to Minneapolis, St. Paul, and they get absolutely drilled. Um, but like I said, no Giannis in that one. So uh, you were just looking at the standings before we started rolling. Yeah, it's a mess. Um, Logjam, big time. I mean, the Bucks are forty four and twenty seven. They're tied uh, record wise with Philly for the two. They are tied basically percentage-wise with Boston. Boston's played two more games, so they have one more win, one more loss. And how many are they back of the heat? They are two and a half back of Miami right now. So um, I I don't think they're going to get the one. I think they're going to get in the two to four. Um, I'd really like to stay out of the four if possible. Is that that the potential Brooklyn landing spot? Well, no. Uh, If they got the four, they'd probably play the Bulls in the first round, which isn't so bad, but then you'd have to play Miami in the second round, and I'd much rather see them later on. Um, But, yeah, like you said, they blow out the Kings. Well, they don't blow out the Kings, but they beat them pretty pretty handily in the fourth quarter and then uh, get whipped the other day against the Wolves. I didn't watch much of that game. There was too much college on. Mm -hmm. And then once I saw Giannis wasn't playing, I knew they weren't going to win. Um, got the Bulls tonight at home, got the Wizards Thursday at home. Then they're at Memphis Saturday, which will be a tough one. And then next week they're at Philly and at Brooklyn. I saw that back-to-back games. Yes. They got three really, you know, you got to win tonight and win Thursday. And then you got three really tough road games coming up in the next week. So, um, but the good thing is everybody's back. Um, everybody is playing, although George Hill got thrown out of the, uh, T-Wolf game (laughs) because Patrick Beverly's a punk ass bitch. I mean, <laughs> he just is. I can't stand that guy. He's a goon. Um, he's always trying to push guys when they're not looking because he knows that if he got in a real fight, he'd get killed. And Hill pushed him after he pushed, after Beverly pushed Serge Ibaka. So Hill got kicked out, which kind of sucked. But um, everybody's back and healthy, like I said. And, and the Bucks are in a good spot, I think. Um, they've been playing pretty well. That's why I think this next little four or five game stretch is going to be big for them to see if maybe they can gain a, a little bit of you know even a even a two game separation from a Boston or a Philly would be nice. But I'd really you know in a perfect world you 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 would not want to play Brooklyn in the first round, um, but maybe you do. Maybe you just want to get it out of the way and get it over with. Um, you know, I, you get the two seed. It'd be nice to have home court if you did meet Philadelphia in the second round. Um, Boston right now is on fire. They have the best record in the league since the first of the year. Um, they were like 
nine and a half games behind Chicago like two months ago, and they're now two and a half games ahead of them. So that kind of tells you where both those teams have been going. I was going. just going to say the Bulls have been yeah. going down in a hurry. Bulls have like, I think they had the worst or second worst record in the NBA in February. It was, so it was bad. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's still a lot left to be decided. And, and these are, these are some, some big games for the Bucks because obviously not only you're jockeying for position, but you, you kind of, you're, you're trying to integrate these guys that haven't played for a while back in. I mean, George Hill didn't play for like a month. And obviously Lopez played the first game, and then he missed like the next 60. Um, Connaughton missed a month as well. So you got to reintegrate these guys, get them in their proper rotational spots. I saw today Bobby Portis was talking about transitioning back to the bench. Bobby Portis started the whole year and been really, really good. Um, But it sounds like he's going to go back to the bench, and they're going to go back with the old lineup with Lopez in the middle. So that's going to be a transition. And and Portis is a good dude. He's a team guy. I don't think that it's going to like he's going to be sour about it necessarily, but it's just different. So, um, you know, something to keep an eye on. These next, well, we basically got three weeks. I think three weeks from tonight will be the first game of the play-in. And, oh. and we, we were talking beforehand, and it's really interesting. So right now, Toronto's the seven seed, Brooklyn's the eight. If they played in the play-in right now, Kyrie can't go to Canada, so he couldn't play in that game. If somehow Brooklyn got the seven and Toronto or anybody else was the eight and they played in Brooklyn, Kyrie can't play in that game because he can't play in New York City. <laughs> and if, let's say, they lost that first game, there's a good chance he couldn't play in the second game because they're going to have to play the 9 or the 10 seed. They'd be the higher seed Brooklyn would be, home. and they wouldn't get to play him in that game. So that would be that would lead to all kinds of crazy takes because you'd have the people that wanted to rip Kyrie. You'd have the people that want to rip the mask mandate. You'd have the people that want to take shots at Durant because he couldn't get into the playoffs. And you'd have people that want to take shots at Ben Simmons because either he played and he played poorly or he didn't play at all, and then – what the hell is up with that? So, interesting times for the Brooklyn Nets That's right a now. Mess, you know? wow, yeah. Um, I like how you get a little twinkle in your eye when you talk about it's, that stuff. It's, it's it just <laughs> makes me laugh because it's so stupid. Like the whole thing is so stupid. But they made their bed; they got to deal with it. That's right. And I really don't have any sympathy for them because I do like Durant, but. Everybody else on that team can piss off. Well, that's what happens when you want to go certain places, yeah. and this is you hit your wagon to a guy like Kyrie, you get what you get, right? And James Harden, even though I don't like James Harden, he was looking around going, "This ain't what I came here for, right? I came here to play with both of you. This is a sideshow. Yeah, I'm not here to do that. I'm out. Yeah, well, okay. Um, you you talked about uh, Boston on on fire already. You want to go through the West standings or? Um, yeah, I'll just hit them real quick. <laughs> I mean, this is crazy, but Phoenix has basically clinched the one seed. They're nine <laughs> games up on, on Memphis. Memphis is the two seed right now. They're a game and a half up on Golden State. Um, that would be a, a hell of a story if that team, John Morant in his third year, leads that team to the two seed. I think they could win a round because they would probably end up playing either the Wolves or the Clippers, who I think they could beat. Not sure they'd beat Golden State in the second round. I just think that's a lot to ask. Um, but right now, yeah, Golden State third, Utah in the four seed, a game ahead of Dallas. So those two look like they're going to be probably squaring off in the 4-5. D- 
Denver a half game ahead of Minnesota right now for the six. So Denver, Minnesota, and the Clippers, those, well, really Denver and Minnesota are fighting for six, seven. Clippers look pretty much locked in at eight. Lakers and Pelicans, Lakers are one game ahead of them in the nine spot. So looks like Lakers, Pelicans are going to play in one play-in game. It's just a matter of where. And then the Clippers are going to have to go to either Minnesota or Denver in the other play-in game. So, oh, speaking um, of Lakers, your boy is now number two all-time scoring. Yeah, so apparently that's supposed to mean he's the greatest ever now, I guess, because apparently... <laughs> I thought we decide, I thought oh, yeah. he had decided that he, already. He told us, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Because um, I guess before he passed Carl Malone, was Carl Malone the greatest player of all, second greatest player of all time? I don't know. Um, nice, nice, um, nice accolade for him. It means you were really, really good for a really, really, really long, long time. time. And um, that was the same thing with Kareem, and that was the same thing with Malone. So, you know, kudos to LeBron for that. Um, it has been really funny how the Lakers win two games in a row, and he plays pretty well. And the narrative is, I ah, don't count the Lakers out. You might not want to see them in the first round if they get Anthony Davis back. Okay, I'm sure. I'm sure Phoenix is terrified. I'm just exhausted by. It. I'm sure they're terrified. They maybe they wouldn't beat them in five games. Maybe they'd have to go a whole six. You know, BF, great BFD man. Great. So that's that's pretty much it for the NBA. Just right. kind of, I'm I'm ready for the playoffs. playoffs I'm ready to yeah. get these last couple weeks wound down. And you get down to the end of a sports season, and you're like ready for the playoffs. Well, especially like when you're especially stretch. when your team's good, yeah. right? And you know that as a Packer fan, where it's like, all right, I, they've already won the division. They're going to get a bye. I, I don't give a shit about this Lions game, right? You know, like <laughs> whatever. Just move on. Uh-huh. Can they have a double bye? Maybe that'll make them win a home game. I don't know. Probably not. But. <laughs> Um, all right, let's uh, let's go to college hoops and uh, the Badgers season is done. Um, they get upset by your boy TJ Otzelberger at uh, Iowa State. The game was just abysmal to watch. It was terrible to watch. Um, the fact that they couldn't make anything, they shot a season low. But like it's like you say when you it's really in any sport when you've done something in the regular season that's not good but you've done it consistently you get to the post postseason and it's gonna burn you yep they were the worst shooting team in the big ten and you get now to the top 32 teams in the country somebody's gonna be good and somebody's gonna exploit you for that mm-hmm. and they shot two for 22 from deep they shot what 29.8 percent or something like that from the floor overall it was it was absolutely atrocious. Um, they couldn't make good on how many fouls were being called on Iowa State, which you had texted me and said you didn't know that uh, Iowa State was going to get homered by the Badger refereeing crew. Um, but still, even if Wisconsin does that, you got to find a way to take advantage of it. They couldn't do that. You know, they turned the ball over. I think there was 17 turnovers. Which Some, is a shitload for them. Yeah, I mean... They Anything over about 12 is a shitload for them. So, I mean, it was it was a lot of things that went wrong. And then the Chucky Hepburn thing, you got to have more than one guy who can be able to bring the ball up and really handle it. And that really exposed the fact that they didn't really have any depth, you know? And it was it was just a perfect storm of things that, that happened the way that I saw it. Um, but... It doesn't take anything away from what they from what they accomplished. I think it's still still a good season. Should they be playing? Who just beat Auburn? Miami should probably be playing Miami right now, and they should probably be potentially looking at a bit in the Elite Eight, but they're not. Good for Iowa State. Good for them. Yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, everybody said Auburn's guards sucked, 
and that they were going to be their downfall. They got they got a kid in Jabari Smith who's probably going to be the number one pick in the draft. That's kind of why I had them advancing. But everything I listened to said, but Auburn's guards suck, and they do dumb shit. And they got into that Miami game, and they did dumb shit. And it's just like what you talked about with the Badgers and the, and the bad things rearing their ugly head at the worst times. Um, you know, it's it's – it's kind of a cautionary thing, too, when you're filling out your bracket. The seeding don't matter that much because the Badgers, based on the season they had, deserved a three seed. They weren't a three seed in terms of caliber of team. You know what I mean? They were probably more like a five seed. Especially when you look at how the Big Ten matched up yeah. with everybody else. Mar- Mar- like- Marquette was the same way. They got, an, they got a nine seed. They were probably more a 10 or an 11 seed in, in reality, but the record and with the conference you're in and with the Badgers winning the Big Ten, they earned the three seed, not taking anything away from them. I just don't think that, you know, talent-wise, they were there. Um, yeah, the, the, the Chucky Hepburn injury was unfortunate. And, you know, if he plays, do they win? Maybe. Maybe not. Um, Does it cause them to put the ball in the hoop a little bit easier? Maybe. Maybe. Um but yeah, the the lack of depth, especially at the guard position, was was jarring. I mean, you bring in Neath and he's oh throwing up, he, he's throwing up air balls. He was atrocious. You know, you bring this Lindsey kid who in who has played like four games all year, and like, what? and really, it, what in the hell are you expecting him to do? You're just hoping that maybe he he's throws not as in a bad three. As Neath. Well, it's just maybe he throws in a three, which he did. I think he was on the floor for six seconds and he chucked one up, and yeah. the announcers actually got and, a laugh out and, of it. And, and and that's it. That's all you're hoping really at that point. And now you you've kind of shown your ass at that point. We're like, I got no options here. Um, the the interesting thing about that game, horrifically refereed. And we'll get into that because that has been a theme throughout the tournament. But Badger fans complaining about the referees, shut up. Iowa State was called for 25 fouls Mm -hmm. to the Badgers' 18. Wasn't even close. In the first half, Iowa State shot two free throws. The Badgers shot 13, and the Badgers were losing the game. I don't want to hear about the referees. It was physical. It was physical the whole game. I thought the Badgers never adjusted to it. Um the only guy that did a little bit was Brad Davidson, who at one point in the middle of the second half just said fuck it and put his head down and tried to just drive into the center of people's chest every time down, and he got some calls. Um, but Wisconsin's bigs, and this is a theme going back a few years to the Brian Butch era guys. The Badger big guys are always pretty soft. They want to stand out on the perimeter. They don't necessarily want to bang underneath. And Iowa had a couple of guys that had no problem banging underneath Iowa State. And um, you could, you know, Carlson throwing up an air ball. Um, what's, what's the other kid? Um, Wall? No, the other one. The other Crowl? tall kid. Crowell. Good Christ. <laughs> Jesus, they should have just sent him home at halftime. He was... An abomination. I thought vote was he had a couple of blocks. Yep. He, you know, he was. But he you had can't. A, he had but, a but, but you can't play him the last ten minutes of the game because no. he can't do anything for you offensively. Because and he's... at that point in the game, you had to score. Yeah. And Tyler Wall. Tyler Wall is one of those guys where I always say like he's good against Northwestern, Penn State. Um, you know. He's good at home. That's what I said on Monday. You can probably survive yeah. shooting like that against yeah. those teams. Yeah, sure. Minnesota, 
even so, even Colgate, you probably could have because they had a lot of they had a lot of white similar size guys on the floor to Tyler Wall. But when Tyler Wall had to play against some serious athletes and some really strong dudes, he he kind of wilted. That's why your boy Coburn would eat them alive because yeah. they don't have anybody well, right. that that can exactly. match up with him. And and he just pounds them physically, and they kind of wilt. And that's why them beating Purdue was so jarring because Purdue's gigantic and but for some reason they just couldn't take advantage of it I don't know um but yeah like you said it it still a very good season they overachieved they won the Big Ten um Johnny Davis player of the year in the league first team All-American he's up for the Naismith award um I think he was a little bit exposed at the end of the year. Did not have a good last three out of his four games. Nope. And people are trying to blame it on, well, he rolled his ankle in the Nebraska game. I, I, he looked fine athletically. I, I I think he would probably be the first to tell you that's not why he couldn't make a three. Um, but he was bad in the tournament. You know, he, he had was, a couple of – o- offensively, he was bad. He was bad. bad against Michigan State. Yeah, offensively, he was bad. The thing I like about Johnny Davis is he's he's like a, a freak level athlete and he plays hard and he plays defense. Um, so I, I do appreciate that for him. But you know he's he's probably still top eight, top ten pick if he comes out. But he's got a lot of work to do. No kidding. He's got a lot of work to do I, offensively. That's, that's what I thought. A lot of times when he would get into traffic, he would seem very off balance. And in the NBA, you just can't get away with that because. There's too many. There's too much size in that league um, for to just barrel in there and not be in control. So we'll see. Um, but man, I mean, the NCAA—they couldn't have really laid out a better yellow brick road for the Badgers here. I mean, you get these two games at home, basically in the five serve yep. against with three other teams that you should beat all three, and then you got to go down to Chicago, and then which you is got Chicago. Yep, and you would have been playing a Miami team who's probably not going to travel. Right, and then you would have possibly possibly had Kansas or Providence. So, I don't think they would have beat Kansas or Providence. Providence already beat them once this year in the Cole Center, but ugh, tough loss. Very much, very much. Um, Marquette gets absolute. It was the largest blowout of an eight nine matchup in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I thought that was jarring because I thought. That the Golden Eagles, I I didn't expect them to win. I didn't pick them to win. I think I picked UNC to win a couple of games, but I didn't think that 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 was going to happen. No, and it it was one of those things that I think it was. I think Marquette was up ten to eight, and then they couldn't make a shot for like eight minutes, and you could just see Badger it. syndrome. Oh, and, and I mean, they were getting multiple shots in the lane at a time where they're shooting it, missing it, getting the rebound, shooting, missing, getting the rebound, shooting, missing, getting the rebound, just can't make a shot. And conversely, North Carolina, who really doesn't shoot the three well, all of a sudden their guys started throwing in threes. And you could you could almost see the collar tightening around Marquette's neck as that first half was going. It was 8, it was 12, it was 20, it was 24, and then Marquette's guys I think got salty and Marcel got called for a technically kind of put a guy in a headlock on a scrum underneath the basket. Um, Shaka smart got a T which was really some bullshit. He didn't, he didn't deserve it, uh, but he got a T and then somebody, Oh, Queth got a T for hanging, hanging on, on the, the rim, rim down 20. Yep. 
Um, so it just kind of spiraled out of control really fast. It, it really goes back down to they could not make a shot. And then on the other end of the floor, North Carolina was making everything, man. It was just one of those things. North Carolina is playing really well right now. They beat Duke in the last game of the year. Um, they were they had a decent showing in the ACC tournament. They blow out Marquette, and then they beat Baylor. So you ran into a hot team. You played. I mean, everything that could have went wrong went wrong. Who gives a shit? You lost by 30. You lost by three. I, I Whatever. But you, lo- you suck down the stretch. But like the Badgers, you also still probably you overachieved. You overachieved, but you suck down the stretch. I mean, they beat Villanova February 2nd for the second time, and it was like their seventh win in a row. They went three and six the rest of the season. And, you know, they lost to a couple good teams. They lost to UConn. They lost twice to Creighton, uh, obviously North Carolina. But, they you know, not not the way you wanted to end your season. Um, but it is what it is. They're, they're losing Marcel and Queff. Not sure what's going to happen with Lewis, whether or not he goes pro. Um, I think he would be served to come back for one more year. But, you know, these guys typically don't do that. So, We'll see what Shaka does. I mean, he's got a, he had a lot of young guys, young freshmen that he brought in. Um, sounds like he's got a pretty good recruiting class this this year. But and and you never can tell what a roster is going to look like now with the portal, for sure. And and you know, barring them getting somebody out of that, I wouldn't be surprised to see them take a slight step back next year because they're going to be so young. And, young and obviously, with the Badgers, <clears throat> if Davis goes pro, and you lose Davison. I don't know who's scoring for you. That's like how are you going to score? That's what I said on Monday. It's like losing him. I mean, Chucky Hepburn. I like him, but he's not a but scorer. Like, this is not a twenty point a game. No, scorer. like he can have a game where he gets twenty, but he's probably more like ten or twelve. So game then points. Wall comes back as your second leading scorer at ten or twelve points. Is he going to be easy to stop <clears throat> and and concentrate on? It's like who else do you have yeah. that's putting the ball in the bucket when your rotation is what eight deep? Just to get back to the Badgers for sure. a second. One thing I was thinking about the other day about Johnny Davis going pro. I wonder how much his brother's a factor because they're twins. And I just remember the Morris twins when they were on Kansas and like they were like inseparable and they played their first couple of years together in the league. And when one of them got traded, it was like a big deal. Um, so I wonder like, is Johnny Davis ready to go leave and do his own thing? Say, see your brother. You know, I don't know how that dynamic works. I would think probably, and I think their dad, having been a professional athlete, would probably push that. But you never know, man. Twins, that's a whole different... I mean, Jesus Christ, we don't even have brothers or sisters, you and me. We're only children. Imagine having one sitting next to you that looked just like you. That would be weird as shit, right? Yeah. yeah no, you're right. Should ask Troy. I, uh, we have no comprehension of what that would be Should like. Should ask Troy about that, like yeah. what it's like having having twin brothers. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a good question. I should ask Wargle about that on on Friday. If I if, is if, that a, is that a fact? If, if I do remember, well, like what what he has seen from their relationship. Yeah. And what are he they super kind of, tight? Yeah. Are they are they, they kind of go their own way? Yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. Okay, I'll, I I will attribute that to you on Friday Ooh. if I get a chance to talk to Wargle. Absolutely. Um. All right, get to the refereeing because I want I, – I mean, we already talked about Wisconsin and Iowa State. Well, uh, I didn't watch the Iowa-Richmond game, and all I saw on social media when I wasn't watching was all about the officiating with North Carolina and Baylor. 
Well, let me just say, first of all, I, I watched a stupid amount of basketball this this uh, weekend. Okay. Like, had to be 40 games, pieces or good chunks of 40 games yeah. minimum. Um, I watched every college game with the exception of the six hours I was there. Right. So there was a couple I couldn't watch, even though we were watching them out in the hallway, you know, in halftime in between sure. games. Then you had the Bucks were on, and then I watched a shit ton of the state tournament too. Um, but the refereeing, oh my goodness, where to begin? <laughs> so Iowa, who I told you always chokes, is in the midst of choking once again. But I think they're down one or two or something. It's a really tight game at the end. Um, and Keegan Murray's brother gets a three-pointer on the right wing, and the kid for Richmond comes out and hits him right on the arm. Referee's two feet away. The ball lands six feet short of the basket. No call. No call. Iowa has to follow. They make the free throws game over. So that was a that was a cluster. We already talked about the Badger-Iowa State game, and I... I thought they refereed the game consistently shitty, but they let it get too out of hand. It, that, like the last ten minutes of that game was a wrestling match, that, and that's that, that, and and that's because and we've we've talked about it when we broadcast our games. You can tell how a game's going to be refereed early on, and if the referees allow that shit to happen all night long, it's going to be an ugly game. Well, and I was also going to wonder whether then, and and I had said it at the time when I was watching. Is this going to flip now in the second half? Right. Are all of a sudden all these that are fouls now going to not be? Mm -hmm. Are the Badgers going to start getting called for more? Is it going to even out, or is the seesaw going to go back the other way? Because you and I have seen that as well. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. All you know is generally when it happens for the first half, something changes for the second half. Yeah. Something does. Something does. Yep. It will not keep up. Yeah. So you got those games. Um the the North Carolina Baylor game might be the worst officiated game I've seen in a long time. Um, you know, Carolina is blowing Baylor out of the game. Their their Dirk lookalike white boy stretch four is just. I think he's got twenty six or twenty eight points at the time. There's like twelve minutes left in the game, and Baylor has a kid on their team who's a Draymond Green like agitator. And he was poking at Manic and doing dirty shit to him the whole game. And Manic finally had had enough of it. And he threw an elbow at him. And it connected. And they threw Manic out of the game, which I have not heard anybody say was the right call. Tactical, flagrant, whatever. But you shouldn't be throwing a guy like that in that situation out of a tournament game. Nothing escalated. After that, it was just a one single thing. That was it. Well, then the next 10 minutes proceeded to just devolve into a hack fest. And it was one of those things where, like, it was a combination of North Carolina was awful down the stretch. They crapped their pants. Their guards didn't know what to do when they got pressed. They were turning it over. They were doing dumb shit. They were making stupid fouls. But on the other end, on the other side, Baylor was fouling North Carolina constantly and there was nothing called i mean like it's like i've told you before there there are teams and i played against one when i was in college uw stout was this way 
They follow you all the time because they know the referee's not going to just we we'd be there for five hours. Nobody'd be left. <laughs> Nobody'd be left on the on the team for them to play if they called all the fouls. So they just follow you all the time, and the referee can't call them all. And that was kind of what Baylor was doing, and but it was blatant stuff, and everybody on Twitter was going nuts about it. Mm-hmm. So there was that one. Then. Arizona and TCU the other night in the last game on Sunday night, Arizona is down three with like 15 seconds left. They hit a three. TCU gets the ball, and they got it in the front court, and Arizona goes to trap the guy, and he's dribbling along the midcourt line. And the Arizona dude basically just like chest bumps him into the backcourt. I saw that. And knocks him over. And it, like the dude got rocked. Ball ball squirts out. Guy from Arizona picks it up, dunks it. Turns out it's after the buzzer. They go into overtime, but like clear foul. The official was right there. But it's in. It, it's not like it was under the hoop or you were obstructed. It's in the absolute middle of the, of the floor. Court. Yeah. They don't call it. TCU ends up losing in overtime. So just awful, just awful. Then you get to this replay shit where. Like, the last two minutes of these games, like, every time the ball goes out of bound, we got to stop for five minutes and look at ten replays. What, what, what is happening here? What the hell are we do- And then we're slowing it down to, like, I have the ball. I have my two hands on the ball. You clearly slap the ball out of my hands, but because of fucking gravity and whatever, the last thing to touch the ball are my bottom pinky fingers that are on the ball, so it's off me? That makes no sense. In the history of basketball until like eight years ago, that was always off of you. But now all of a sudden, because we're going to slow this down to one one hundredth of a second, it's off me. This is nonsense. It kills the flow of these games. You end up turning the channel to another game because I don't want to sit there and watch this shit. Listen to Jim Nance and, and Bill Raftery talk about something that I don't care about. There's other games on. I just switched the game, and then you miss the ending. So... They got to figure that out. That is really bad, really bad at the end of these games. Instant replays wreck sports, man. It's terrible. Because we're getting all these egregious calls where now it's not, it's the exception and not the norm, but we feel like we need to reshape everything to avoid these little microcosms of of problems. And in 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 the process of doing that, we just screw it up even further, just in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like you're 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 taking a blowtorch, you know, to a little tiny ant. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, well, we would not worry about that one. I have an idea. Here's what we'll do. Well, now you've caused all these other problems because you wanted to fix that one, but you just went way into over overdrive mode. It's paralysis by analysis yes. with these referees, man. We've talked about it. They're, they they got too much shit to worry about. You know, sometimes with these out-of-bounds calls, I don't even think they're necessarily looking at it. I think they're just relying on the fact that they can go look at it again. And if you're wrong, you can overturn it. And right. if you if there's no indisputable evidence, you can cover your ass. I mean, I don't know. The replay stuff is just bad. But... Move on. Go ahead. Best worst losses of the tournament. St. Peter, obviously Kentucky. Do you start there? I think so. Um, I mean, Kentucky. I, John Calipari. We people got to stop telling me that he's a good coach. 
He's not. He's a good recruiter. Um, We've but, said that on previous episodes. You know, he he's like, um, I don't know, I, I like people used to say that about like Bobby Bowden, Urban Meyer. Like, yeah, you could get a bunch of talent, but you know, like where are all your trophies? You know, and uh, yeah, Calipari's got the one national title, and he's made a couple Final Fours. But the the collection of talent for Kentucky this year, it wasn't like you know there was no Anthony Davis, no John Wall, anybody like that. But like it's Kentucky, you still got a bunch of top 30 recruits on your roster, you cannot be losing to St. Peter's. Um, so that was a really bad one. I think the Iowa one, especially with the way it happened, was just a disastrous loss for well, them. Well, not only that, but how they were performing up until then. Like, they had a ton of momentum coming into the tournament, whether they usually, you know, underachieve or not. And two of the coaches' kids are on the team. So, you know, there's a little extra sting there for, for some of those people. But, you know... These these upsets, it's with the with the transfer portal now. Some of these teams are thrown together in a year. Some of them are really old. Some of them, like a Kentucky, are really young. It's really hard to pick some of this stuff now. You know, I mean, Michigan had no business even being in the tournament, and they're in the Sweet Sixteen. Right? You know, they beat a Tennessee team who <clears throat> had some old dudes on it. You know, Boise State had a bunch of old dudes yep. on it. Memphis yeah. destroys them because yeah, they can't compete athletically. So, um, UConn, New Mexico State. I mean, I know there was a couple of twelve fives, but I mean, I, New Mexico State is like San Diego State, where it seems like they're always in the tournament. They're they're just a bitch to play because they're really athletic and they play a rugged defensive style. And UConn, I liked them, but. They were kind of like the Badgers of the Big East. Where like they just had games where they just couldn't score. Mm-hmm. Like they'd be in like they'd have like forty five points, and it's, it's just hard to win tournament games. I, I mean, way. I know you mentioned Michigan, but is that that Tennessee loss uh, that is that a bad one too? Yeah, I mean it's not atrocious because I'm not sure Tennessee was really that good. Okay, um, and Rick Barnes, their coach, has kind of got a history of choking in the tournament. Um, you know, other than. I, I don't think the Badger loss was a bad loss. The Auburn to Miami, I mean, Miami plays in the ACC. They played Duke and Carolina. It's, playing Auburn was no big thing for them. Um, but we'll we'll see here going forward. We got some interesting Sweet 16 games. Um, Texas Tech and Duke. Texas Tech, really, really good defensively, really struggles to score. Carolina and UCLA, I mean, you want to talk about Blue There's Bloods. Blue Blood, right. That's... I mean, that's that's a big one. Um, you would think Purdue would beat St. Pete. Um, Iowa State, Miami. I mean, I'm pulling for my guy Otzelberger. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be cooler than hell if they made a run, considering they won two games last year. Um, love to see Providence over Kansas, but that's going to be a tough ask. Absolutely hope that Villanova can beat Michigan. You know, and then you got the two number ones at the top, Arizona and Gonzaga. So I don't know. Should be a should be a fun weekend again. But I ain't winning no money. No, and you ain't winning no money. Nope. So Mm-mm. I mean, my 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 top my winner's still alive, but I'm not anticipating anything about that. So this, this last thing, we'll we'll skip All that. Right. We'll keep that for another time. But right. I'd like to talk about the coach K leaving. 
Yeah. And some of these other guys They're getting up there. Izzo, Bayheim, you know, these guys aren't spring chickens. Like mm-hmm. we're what's the next crop? So right. we can get into that maybe right. next week. Well yeah, no, we we're almost an hour and ten minutes already. We we'll do a little baseball. Not, there's, yeah, there's not much. Not much. There. Um Luis Urias has already heard he's got a is is it a quad or a hammy or something? Well, I heard he came back uh from off season swole. So maybe a little too swole. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know. That's great. Got yourself too jacked, and you, yep. you yanked a muscle off right right at the beginning of spring training. <sighs> Brewers played last night. Uh, they played this afternoon against the White Sox. We saw them get out of a two-on and one-out uh, situation with a little dribbler double play right up mm-hmm. the middle to second base. Um, I, for one, am glad to have seen this. Trevor Story signed with with the Boston Red Sox because there were were it seems like to me every year or every other year some big free agent is going to leave and somehow the Cardinals emerge as the guy to land him and that's where the landing spot was predicted so I was I was relieved to see that the Red Sox signed him I know Michael is probably jacked up because he's a Red Sox guy but I'm just glad that the Cardinals finally didn't get one of these dudes Yeah last year it was Arenado yes. the year before it was Goldschmidt yeah so that I'm I'm fine with that um and he's going to a and he's going to a good a good division out there that's fine um Twins get Correa, which I was a little surprised. I was very about. surprised um, because I thought, and I had heard that Boston made him a mammoth offer, and I don't think he wanted to play in Boston. And I think it goes back to some of that Boston-Houston bad blood over the last few years. They've met a couple times in the playoffs, and um, yeah, I, I, I don't think he wanted to play in Boston. Minnesota, I, I mean, good. For I them. don't like the Twins, but good for them for ponying up for for an All Star caliber guy, and and they've they've been a pretty good team the last few years. So maybe hoping he can put them over the top, but I think it was like only a three year deal too. So that it's not right. it's not a huge yeah, long term commitment. I mean, any big monetary investment by the Twins makes you raise your eyebrows because they're not prone to spending a ton of money. The contract length from Correa's perspective is interesting, though, right? Because usually baseball guys opt for the long Longer. stuff. Yep. But maybe maybe now the strategy will be shorter for more. You know, kind of like what you've seen some of the NBA guys do. Just make sure you get paid. You know? Yeah. Could be. Um, where was the other landing spot for Freddie Freeman? Well, Freddie, so Freddie Freeman is ending up in L.A. with yeah. the Dodgers. Atlanta traded a bunch of prospects to the A's for Matt Olson. Yes. Um, I don't know why Freddie Freeman wanted to go to the Dodgers. I mean, you just won a you just won a World Series, Series with Atlanta. They you could have been a legend there. You could have stayed there for your whole career. Now you're just kind of one of the six super, super rich dudes guys. on yep. the Dodgers, yep. and now you're going to probably like what are they going to do with Max Muncie? Like, is he? Are you going to? DH half the time, like I don't know. I- interesting Maybe move. They're going to flip in that in that regard now that you need a DH. Yeah, it could be, but but that's a lot of money to play for a guy that's maybe going to play then half the time if you want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but maybe but that's... I don't think the Dodgers give a shit. They no, print, of they, course not. They print money, yeah, so that's it. Um. All right. There's there's not much else unless you want to go. No, you got anything else? Oh, uh, you, you mentioned that you uh, watched a lot of the high school basketball. I tried to tune in as much as I could. I watched I watched more girls than the boys only because the NCAA well, yeah. tournament was yeah. going on. Yeah, uh, I made it a point to watch the West Tosha Central game, and then we watched the end of the Mon- was it the Mon- Menominee Falls game? 
and whatever where they had, I think it was Trimble who took the last shot and lofted it up from the right corner, and it was down and came no, that was, back out. I think that was with Stosha, right? No. Well, Menominee, I thought he shot it for, well, whatever, yeah. Either way. Well, it, if, he it make was, a, if he could make a goddamn free throw, they'd have won the game. Right. You know, you're the player of the year in the right. state, and you can't make a, you can't make the front end I of a bonus twice. he was like for his last four or something yeah. like that. Jeez. It was bad. But, yeah, he, he they had a good look at the last shot, and we were watching before we, we switched over to a um, to one of the college games. We were waiting for the Badgers because their tip time got pushed back like 45 minutes to an hour. But I'm like, get this game on. This dude, he's going to North Carolina? Yeah. Yep. So I'm like, you would, and you know, nobody at the at the house that I was at, you know, knew anything about that. We're like, you watch this kid, and then then they she started missing free throws, and I'm like, well, he can have that. They can have him, but they set it up perfectly to watch that, and and it was good drama right until the end, and the fact that the shot was was halfway down and it mm. came back out, it was un unbelievable. Um, but I, you know, last week or two weeks ago, watched um, uh, who was it the. Craig played and watched them, you know, win the state title. That that was awesome. So I love tournament time. I'd love to be able to be there with you and call a game. Um, but I like watching these kids on the big stage, you know, at at, at, at these college courts. I mean, I, I really do. Obviously, it's it kind of overshadows some of the issues that you kind of touch on uh, here with the with the attendance and and some stuff like that. And you, I know, have have said that. It has changed for the worse since they've eliminated the majority of the Division One teams, where they had double the amount um, from eight down to four. You know, instead of going quarterfinals, now you just move to semifinals because you have to add another division um, and stuff like that. So I'll I'll just let you hit on some of that. I don't look into it as deeply as you do with, with that sort well, of the, stuff. The, I'm just kind of there for the ride. The attendance for the boys and the girls was, was terrible. Bad. Yes, and it's been a steady decline the last couple of years. Um, now, from the boys' perspective, you can't, and, and this is just bad planning, in my opinion. You can't have the boys' state tournament the same weekend as no. the opening tournament of the NCAA. No way! And then you factor in that the tournament was, is in Milwaukee, right? and a lot of people are going to go to that that might otherwise go to the state tournament. That brings it down a little bit this year. You know, they like to do the alternating weekends with the girls every other year so next year the boys will be the first one the girls will be the second tournament so okay but they got to figure that out they're they're just there's too much other stuff to do and it's already hard enough to get people interested in high school sports as it is um but they you know the the lack of the lack of star power and big name schools and big name players is a problem, and it's been a problem for a few years. We've had some kind of super teams, like the Germantown team a few years ago that had show the Showalters and Luke Fisher and the Bearden brothers, and they you know five of them go D one, and they're all AAU kids, and they just decide we're going to play high school together. That's not good either. Um, I did a little research and went and looked back. We haven't had a Milwaukee school in the state tournament, a Milwaukee City school in the state tournament, I think, since 2013. I was going to say, you're leaving out the Academy of Science. Yep. Um, <laughs> we haven't had a Milwaukee school win the state title, I think, since 2003. Um, that takes a little luster off of the tournament because Milwaukee's the biggest city in the state. 
And when they don't have any representation, that takes a big chunk of the state that goes, well, I'm not that interested. Um, because you don't get anybody from in the city conference. Nobody from the city's going that, to the state that tournament. cares about no. Waukesha. No. Or Tulsa Germantown. or Germantown. No, they don't care. Or Racine. Right. You know, because right. Case was up there. And, and typically, the best players in the state typically reside in Milwaukee. Um as a as a whole, that's where the most people are. That's where the most talent is. It's just math. Um, you know how how do they how do they fix the state tournament? Well, I think expanding D one is the first step. And I saw Travis Wilson from the uh, Wisconsin Sports Net. He tweeted something out a suggestion of having six Division one teams, where two teams would get a bye, and then you know the winners of the other games would play. Eh, I. That's interesting. That's not terrible because he has been a defender of the. Incl- it wasn't necessarily the decision to knock down the D one teams, but just to include the lower division. You know what I mean? Well, and and I and I, I get it from the perspective of the guy who lives in Richland Center, in Richland comes, Center, comes and from there. and he he wants the the Division five level kid who's got 300 kids in his school to be represented and he doesn't think it's fair if they have to play a school with 700 kids to get to state fair but it waters down the tournament because you watch those games they're not very good most of the kids they're all 6-1 it's all white kids once in a great while you have an oki or a decker or somebody like that or a diamond stone that'll be at a lower level school but not very often. So, you know, maybe rent out the Kohl Center on Wednesday if you need to have that fifth division and you can spread it out a little more and you can expand the D1. But I think that, you know, over time it's shown that the most visible and the most watched and most attended state tournaments are when you have more D1 schools because people are more interested and entertained. The other thing that, I would throw out there, it'll never happen. I don't think the boys should play in the Kohl Center. I think it's too big. Kohl Center seats 17,000 people. I look today, and the field house, it says as of today, seats 7,500, but in 98, the last year the Badgers played there, it seated 10-6, so I, I haven't been in the field house in years. Maybe they renovated it and took some seating out. I don't know. Interesting. But that's the size arena that they need to play in. It's smaller. It's cozier. It's a little more confined. And you're on top of the floor. Yes, exactly. I just think, you know, it's cool for the kids to say, I got to play where the Badgers play. I get that. But you want to also create in terms an of, environment. Yeah, in terms of atmosphere and environment, it, it, it doesn't hold a candle to the field house. And that includes for the Badgers. I mean, the Cole Center is one of the more dead arenas outside of Penn State where nobody goes to the games in the Big Ten. It does not have anywhere near the atmosphere of the Breslin Center or, you know, uh, Assembly, Assembly Hall. Hall or where Purdue plays. Even or, the barn. You know, Chrysler Arena, all that stuff. So I don't know. I. Those would be my first two fixes. I don't think either of them will happen. The first one's likelier, more likely than the second one. I just don't think they would ever go back to the field house. It's weird that because I believe they host the wrestling tournament there. I don't think it's at the Cole Center. Maybe they used to. I can't remember. And I don't remember why the girls decided to go to Green Bay and not play in the field house. I don't remember why they decided to do that. But I think if you held both of those there in the field house like they did in the old days, Man, that place would get packed. And, um, you know, 
I, I, I feel bad for the kids that make state. Like, I watched the state championship game, the D1 game. There's nobody there. It's just nobody there. It was like the student sections and they were may, may, maybe like a bus full of parents. And, like, that was it. There wasn't, there wasn't that much there. So Interesting. Okay. Um, I know they... They were the, the the WBCA came out with their all state teams. You had pointed that out yesterday. Um, we had a couple of kids in our area. Campion got first team all state for Division two, and then the Foster kid. I can't remember if Bigfoot was D four. I think they're three. I oh really? I think they're D three. Okay. Yeah. Well, he, well, he got he got first team all state uh, for them because they eventually lost to uh, St. Thomas More, who then who then went to state. But they did a good job. The Chiefs over in that, um, in just you know south of of. Darian. So, um, but yeah, we we have talked about this in the expansion of the Big Eight with the first team all conference and the second team, and just the fact that it's eight players and how it used to be five. Um, and there was talk I heard from one of the coaches that they might even expand it to ten next year. And like you had noticed, there's just there's just so many players that now get these awards and. I think the point is well made that it it takes away a little bit of the luster. It doesn't take anything away from the kids who put up and give the effort that they do, but when you're looking to label somebody as, well, you're a first-team All-State kid, well, how many else are included? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we talked about that um, just between us on road trips just because we are curious about, well, who can we consider for these? Well, how many do we have to choose from? And you and I, for the most part, we have trouble filling out that top tier mm-hmm. before we get to the second tier. Mm-hmm. Nobody else seems to have a problem with that because the it just seems to grow. Well, decisions are hard, and people in those positions struggle to make decisions. Because they don't want to get back. That's right. That's right. It's easier to just go with the flow all the time and never say anything. Than it is to actually you know, justify your decision, care, care about you know what you're doing. Um, I know you had a conversation with one of the coaches about that, and his response was ridiculous. We don't need to get into that, but his his response was ridiculous um, as to why they have eight guys instead of five. It, it, ridiculous, but <laughs> anyway. So I just think as a player the exclusivity of making those teams it means more when there's less people um they don't give out three gold medals in the 100 at the olympics they give out one and then there's a silver and then there's a bronze and then everybody else can get fucked cuz you lost sorry that's just the way it is uh-huh so thanks for coming when i when i saw the all state teams and now and let me just say this is the wbca all state which is different from the ap yes I believe the AP still does it the old school way where it's four teams of five guys and then honorable mention. I think there's 20, maybe 30, 35 guys. So you're talking 50, 60 guys who at the end of their high school year can say, I was All-State. That's not how the WBCA does it. The WBCA has an All-State team for all five divisions, each of their own. And I counted the Division One. They had 11 guys who were first team all state then they had 26 more guys who were honorable mention so they had 37 all state kids just for division 1 
So extrapolate that out five times. What are we talking here? About 160, 170, 180 kids are all state. We, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. We ain't got that many good players in Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm sorry. We do 50 games a year. We see every Big 8 team at least once. We see teams outside the area. We see teams in different divisions. We've seen some really good players. There ain't 180 All-State players in Wisconsin. There's just not. Um, but we live in the world where we got to give everybody a pat on the back. And, you know, we got to allow Johnny to put on his Instagram that he was honorable mention all state um, instead of worrying about, you know, what actually should matter. And it's rewarding good work and great play. I love the fact that the WBCA exists. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. I, I like the fact. I think fact, they should have an all state team. I like the fact. But uh, not 35 that, guys on a team. That they advocate positively for basketball and try to grow the game. But if you've seen the lists of their Coaches Association Hall of Fame inductions, they're a mile long. Mm-hmm. I mean it's a it's a very it's a it's a good old boys network. It is a thousand percent. And there's a lot of categories. We know one former longtime assistant coach who is getting inducted yes. and it's very well deserved because 100%. of all the work that that he has put in. But some of the categories and how deep they go of why they've contributed what they have to the game gotten a little excessive. So this doesn't surprise me that they've gone this deep because in my experience, having gone to one just last September and witnessed all the people that have gone in and seeing their little bio and what they've done and just going, why are they getting in? Mm-hmm. That's not shocking to me because this 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 organization seems to want to spread as wide of a net as they can to recognize people. And like you said, it's watering things down and it's almost to the detriment of what this would mean to some people if it's a little bit more chopped down. Yeah, and I think you probably get situations where coaches are doing other coaches' favors to get their kid in there. I just think that that, that happens. And listen, I I know we've got people that are teachers and coaches and people that work in school districts that listen to this, and you might 100% disagree with me and tell me I'm, I'm full of shit and that these kids all work really hard and they deserve the accolade. That's fine. Um, I just played for a guy in Coach Suter who would tell me, you know, to go home and sit on my mom's lap and have her tell me how good a boy I am and, and she could feed me some cake. And that was just kind of the era that I grew up in where, like, hey, man, I ain't giving you shit. You have to earn it. If you earn it, I will support you, and I will have your back, and I will push you for awards for all conference, for all area, for all state, for uh, playing in the all-star game at the Kohl Center till the cows come home. But I'm not going to do it if you don't deserve to be there. And I unfortunately... It's missing something, and I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming the coaches or whatever, but you know, I would just like to see some of this stuff go back. Just if you don't want to go all the way back, just wind it back a little bit. Maybe instead of having 11 first team guys and 26 honorable mentions, let's just have a first team, right? Mm-hmm. You're, let's Include just take the, let's just yep. take the 10 best guys yep. in each division. Yeah. It's not that hard to pare it down. No, it really is. Shouldn't be. And you know what? Whenever you make a list. Somebody's going to be left off and be upset about it. That's life, man. Yep. Get used to it.
That's a good place to end. That was well said. Very well done. Um, that's the intentional foul for this week. I don't know if you want to put something together next week. I'm going to be down in Florida spending money I don't have with the family. We'll see what happens in the tournament All if right. there's anything worth talking about. All right. Uh, but other than that, we might be on a break. Dan might throw something together. I'll have my laptop with me, so as soon as the kids go to sleep, I could post it. That's not a big deal. Um, until then, I'll get you your 20 bucks for your bracket yeah. challenge. Yeah, and Light that uh, on fire. Get, get that donation taken care of. So thank you for listening. And uh, download, subscribe, tell your friends. As always, we appreciate you. Uh, until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We will talk to you down the road. Go. Bucks! Bucks!